Welcome everyone to another episode of Tales of the LGBTQ+. My name is Douglas Parsons. My guest today is Sissy thiessen Cooknail. I've gotten to know Sissy this year through her involvement as the informal two-spirit presence on Pride Corner. Through her involvement, Sissy has shared her culture and opened the learning for other 2S youths who attend these Friday gatherings. In addition, Sissy works with the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, otherwise known as the E2S. If you've watched previous episodes of Tales of the LGBTQ+, and I highly recommend that you should, you will have listened to separate episodes with Ashley and Cheyenne, who have also have a connection with E2S. Their journeys in the rainbow community are highly interesting, and I know that our guest, Sissy, has had a very interesting journey as well. There's many facets to Sissy that I'm looking forward to talking about, some of which her and I, we've talked about before and others that are gonna be new to myself and to you today. Sissy is a two-spirit indigo-queer Treaty Six Night Kudasu Cree and German cultural facilitator, educator, powwow dancer, crafter, spoken word poet, singer, and creative writer. We're going to talk about her business, her background, and also the different work she offers through different cultural performances and through instruction, such as storytelling, crafting, and beading, and blanket exercise facilitation, drag, word poetry. <sighs> So much more, so much more. I also wanna make mention here that learning more about that has been a journey that I've been on for the last two years. And according to the oral history of local indigenous peoples, it is likely that there have been two spirit people in Edmonton since its foundation in 1795. Two spirit peoples have been part of the Neowa Cree community for generations before colonization. And it stands to reason that two-spirit people would have the same continuity as other indigenous peoples in this area. However, it wasn't until the 21st century that two-spirit-oriented groups were founded in Edmonton. This podcast, Tales of the LGBTQ+, is a weekly video and audio podcast that showcases the remarkable people within our community, the rainbow community. And it's through listening to their stories, our stories, that we learn and we understand from each other. We figure out where we've been in the past, where we are currently, and where we're going in the future. This episode has been recorded live, so do expect some snafus, some hijinks, and other technological issues. It likely has happened, and expect to hear it in your ears. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify, do please make sure that you leave ratings and comments as that helps our algorithms, helps us get known to other people and your stories are heard by others. If you're watching us here on YouTube, please keep in mind that our hair is always different. Hairstyles are tough. I'm having a difficult time and my CPAP marks are showing today. But do make sure that you do press subscribe at the top so you get to hear other stories 
Perhaps it's going to be your story one day. Word of mouth is great. Send those links to people who need to hear. I am based here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and it is important for me to say that I would like to acknowledge that I work and live on Treaty 6 territory, a traditional meeting ground, gathering place, and traveling route to the Cree, Salto, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakota Sioux. I acknowledge all the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for centuries especially the knowledge keepers and elders who are still with us today and those who came with us before. As you now know, I've opened myself up to listening, learning, understanding. I hope you continue on this journey with me and we learn the truth. And now may I bring to the screen and to your listening ears, Sissy Thiessen Kutniel, Sissy, welcome to Tales of the LGBTQ+. Thank you. Happy to be going? here. Yeah, how's it going today? Well, it's going pretty good. Yeah, I'm gearing up to go to the Indigenous, oh, how do they say it? Indigenous Alberta Tourism Summit down in Calgary, heading out there tomorrow. So got some prep I got to do today. At this function that you're going to, uh, what would you be expecting or what takes place at this summit? I've never been before so I actually have a registered um, Indigenous tourism business which kind of sounds like an oxymoron honestly Indigenous tourism because like we're really trying to away from we're trying to steer away from commodifying and tokenizing and everything like that but in order to be included in granting opportunities and and knowledge sharing. And so that's what this is. This is a networking, knowledge sharing exposure. There's also gonna be a chance for us to experience other people's indigenous experiences from across the province, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. So maybe some new partnerships can come out of it. Um, and there's also gonna be a gala celebrating kind of the best in the industry, because this is an entire industry. We've talked a lot here in the last year. We're very comfortable with each other, but as you know, my biggest fear throughout this was the pronunciation of your last name as well as some other names that have come forward uh just in myself making sure that i do proper pronunciation yes how did i do did i do okay okay so like it's not my position you know to like judge or grade someone you're the teacher just kidding no. i also <laughs> I also am a teacher who goes into classrooms. But anyways, um, something that I was taught is that if it's not your first language, you're going to have a hard time with it. And that's OK. Like our first languages, both of us are English. Right. So I had to go through the same learning that you did. And we just have to be understanding. So I want to call you in and invite you into some learning. I loved your land acknowledgement, but I did hear a couple of things. I just wanted to help you. Um, get to the, to the higher level pronunciation if you want it. Absolutely. Um, so that word salto is how some people say it. Yeah. It's actually soto. 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 That's a whole nation of people. Um, there's Inishinaabe, um, Ojibwa, Ojibwe, Soto. They're all from the same kind of um, origin community and origin tribe. So it's Soto, and then um, 
there's Nahalwak, uh, Nakota Sioux, and I think that was said a little bit differently, but Nakota Sioux and Cree in German. Um, so Stony is a language that the Nakota Sioux speak from my community, which is Alexis Nakota Sioux Nation. And I don't even speak, I speak more Cree than I do Stony because Stony is hard. So we got Soto, um, Nakota Sioux. Nakota Sioux. Awesome. And then my last name, you killed it like the first couple of times. You killed it. Um, so it's Kootenai, like the Kootenai Mountains. Most people know about those here. Kootenai with O on the end. So Kootenai. Kootenai. Yeah. Yeah. Close. Awesome. Close for that part. Pronunciation. It's important. And yeah. representation matters. And so yeah. it's important to work on this and get this correct. And I bring this back to my recent experience with Edmonton elections. The matriarch committee has gifted uh, 12 names to different wards of Edmonton. And this is the first time. And so there was the teaching words, teaching of the meanings. And it's important, especially as we move forward as a group. Yeah, some something I noticed was that there was training, a lot of training. There's videos that re was released by Elder Jerry Saddleback I saw on there. I saw a few other faces I recognized. And they, in video and audio, told people how to say it. And it was written out phonetically, like on websites and everything. And I show up to my polling station in Word, in Ward Papasteo. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Papa Stew. It's more uh, hot to do. And it's I like, know. if there's no, I feel like people are just like, I'm too nervous to try to say it. Well, there's there's a middle ground between Papa Stew and Papa Stale. Yes. You know, like there's a middle ground, like rather than just reverting just to the, not let's not even try. Like, I think it's important, especially when there's so many resources. And I feel like the elections Edmonton staff are trained in how to say mm -hmm. these. Yeah. And, so, we all, and we also train the staff um, for everybody. So over 3,000 people who went through, they all received on how to pronounce and they were told where these websites are as well. Uh, yeah, there's lots yeah. of people these days saying, I didn't know, I didn't know. But I think in 2021, with all the resources that have been put out and all of the millions, billions of dollars that have gone into like resource development, programming, education, I kind of, yeah, I just... I feel like there's a lot out there and there aren't really any excuses anymore. That's exactly. the tea. That's the tea. Exactly. And I agree with you. And so I'm glad that we're having this conversation because it is important and one needs correcting, but I also appreciate how you were saying beforehand, the effort and the learning and working through and getting it correct. Uh, very important. Yeah, because someone can listen to me and go, Sissy, you're you're saying it wrong. But the thing is, is like we all have different families that had different accents that travel around. So like you might hear, so a miskuchiwaskegan, you might hear miskuchiwaskegan, a miskuchiwaskegan. Like I hear all those pronunciations and guess what? They're all right. The one that I personally think is wrong, a miskuchi, uh, <laughs> that's the one that I think is wrong. <laughs> Yes. And uh, for our audio listeners, uh, I have put a banner on the screen, which is translated uh, to be the name of Edmonton. Um, 
I will tell you right now, I have never been able to pronounce this word correctly, despite how many times I've practiced and have had the phonetic help with it as well. Mm. It's something it, I'm working on. It just takes you yeah, continually trying to do it. Okay. Um, do you want to be brave and set an example for your listeners and, and tell Absolutely. me how you say it? Um, I'm always going to make a mistake here. The Amiska Waski Waski. I did you know it. what? So, Again, that's better than a misquichi. Uh, yeah, I taught the, I used to work in um, in high schools with like semi-permanent positions. And I taught the PE teacher at Oscar Romero High School how to say this. And he still kills it to this day. He's my success story. He's like 100% Polish or something. Um, so a misk, do you know what a misk means? I do not. <gasps> do you know what this whole word means? I've just always been told that it just gets translated to Edmonton. Or no, it's Beaver House. Yeah. Oh, close. Beaver You're Hill just missing one word. Beaver Hills House. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And it's called that because when the when the animals were here first before us and the animals that were here first in this area, that you know, they were the kings and queens and, and the keepers of this land was the beaver, because we're right by the river, right? So mm -hmm. Beaver Hills House, before a bunch of the hills were leveled out for um farming and and settling and all that stuff so beaver a misc a misc a misc awesome um yeah i go into schools and i like help kids learn how to say some some words as well so a misc is beaver okay a misc wa like wa. water wa where does the beaver live in water wa and then chi like cheese Let's try that. A misquachi. A misca a miskwachi. You got it. A misquachi. Was. Was. Like wasp. Was. E wasp. Was. 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 Yep. Wasp without the P. Was K. K. Yeah, just like the letter K. And then gun, like gun. Gun. As I'm taking notes here as we're going through this, a misquachi was gun. Oh my gosh, Doug. That was awesome. Good job. That's a round of applause for Doug. That's a round of applause. If you're not watching, I'm doing it in a circle around my face. <laughs> and if you're driving at home, please put your hands back on the wheel and do not continue driving as you clap <laughs> for me. Mm. So, Sissy, you're teaching us right now. Have yep. you always been part of, have you always been in tune with your cultural background? Um, no. So the, that story is very common for a lot of us. Uh, so if we go back and there's reasons, it's the same reasons for the reason as to why I'm not in touch with all of those different aspects. So my culture, I was actually raised by my mom. I'm going to do something for our, if anybody's watching on YouTube and if you're like, ah, I'm not watching on YouTube, you're going to want to, after you hear this, I'm going to quickly grab a picture of my mom that I have and my brother and me. So I was raised by my mother, um, who is like, she did an ancestry test. She's like 99 point something percent German, 
Oh, where? I don't know if you can see it super well, but that's myself, my brother, Nick, and my mom. I was raised by her and my stepfather, who is, oh, he's like Heinz 57 European. So two non-Indigenous Caucasian parents. And um, my biological father is the one from Alexis Nakota Sioux Nation. He wasn't in the picture um, due to severe addiction to alcohol. So the reason that he has that, and um, you know, it's tough to speak for people, but this is just what I've learned, is him and my uncles were put into uh, CFS, so they're part of the 60 scoop. And they endured um, a great deal of abuse at the hands of their foster families and group homes and everything else. Um, and their mother, so my grandmother, was in residential school. So like if you, all the big socioeconomic problems that we're seeing and addictions and all that stuff can be traced exactly back to colonization, assimilation, the efforts that were made to really break us down as people, which are still lasting today, intergenerational trauma, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't have that connection to my family because my mom had told my biological father, like, stay away stay away. You're not safe. She has a dad. And I can understand. I don't resent that. I did at one point, but I don't resent that because mothers are just trying to protect their kids and I get it. So I didn't have any culture. My mom, bless her heart, she she gifted me two little beaded people, which I don't have anymore. She gifted them to me as a small child. And one was a chief and one was a lady. And I really wish I still had those. Um, but other than that, and she got me, I think I had a pair of moccasins when I was a kid. And that was it. So I found my culture when I was 19. I ran away from Edmonton from my mom and my problems. And I went to university and in university, they had a subsidized native housing program as well as a native student center for uh, social events. And then a Niskim indigenous student center for the academic side of things. So lots of support. And that's where I got exposed um, to my very first sweat, to smudging, to, I had to learn everything as an adult and I made a lot of mistakes. And that's why I'm kind of passionate about helping people now because I've, I've been through this and I've made a really long journey to where I am now. Your story is similar in many ways to Ashley and Cheyenne who've been here before that it was their adulthood where they began to learn about themselves. Mm -hmm. when, you were, when you were growing up, did you hear the words to spirit or was this adulthood as well? No. And you know, okay, this doesn't have to do with two-spirit, but you want to know something insane, but actually it makes sense now that I've like been in ceremony and I have teachings and stuff. When I was a kid, I was sitting on the grass one day. I don't know how old I was. I'm going to put myself at like six, between six and eight years old. And the word nehio, nehio came to me. And that is the word for Cree or like the Cree language. And I was like, nehio. And I just said it out loud. I'm like, nehio, mom, mom, what is that? She said, I think that's the word for Cree. And she knew that, which I am so impressed by now. But she knew that. And I had never heard it before anywhere. Like in my school, you know, I'm 33 in January. Like we didn't have our liaison. We didn't have any contractors, any elders coming in, like nothing. I had, I, when I say zero, I mean zero. So um, I knew that word. I, I certainly didn't know two spirit and everything else, but, but I was born, I guess, knowing that word, which I think is, is pretty cool. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. It, the word was within you all along. 
It's actually a ceremonial thing. Um, like we are born knowing a lot of things. So for example, our spirit names, um, I'm not a fan of the co-opting obviously of spirit names and spirit animals like people are doing now, champagne's my spirit animal, whatever. Um, but the teaching is that like, we are born with our spirit names and it's usually in an indigenous language. And if we don't learn that language, we're not gonna know our name, but we're born with it. And then, and then a knowledge keeper, elder medicine person helps us, helps reveal it to us. So people are like, mm -hmm. oh, I was given it. You weren't given it, you were shown it. So like, we were born with these things. We were born with, sure, intergenerational trauma, but intergenerational memories and intergenerational, you know, teachings and stuff. And I'm really just looking in, into that now. And I, I really do believe that. So what does this learning, this journey that you've been on, what does it mean to you at the end of the day? How has it helped you in your everyday life? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I like figured I would get a little emotional during this, but I didn't think it would be this soon. Um, finding my culture. So unfortunately, like there are people in the community who are like, you weren't raised in a reserve. You weren't raised with your teachers. You weren't raised with your family, blah, blah, blah. You're a neo-native. You're a neo-native. You're new. You don't know what you're talking about. That's unfortunately an opinion that's out there that I believe comes from, comes from the colonized view of things. But anyways, so that's out there. But for me, I'm like, yes, yeah, so what? That's the story for a lot of us. A lot of our parents were taken away. A lot of our grandparents were in residential school or our parents, like we're missing stuff. That's the tea. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, like finding it, like I always as a kid felt like something was missing. I knew something was missing and I was like hungry for that knowledge, but I didn't know what I was hungry for. And now that I've found it and even though i'm not gonna lie to you like my first few years and even now like there's some stuff is just so hard so hard to learn so many mistakes can be made some people can be really ununderstanding and, and mean about things but finding it has just it's it's helped me find my purpose in life honestly like um that's what i do i'm like people ask me what do you do what do you do and everything i do so as an artist you know, as you said, I'm a spoken word poet, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer, I'm a drag artist, I'm many things in that area. As an educator, performer, and workshop facilitator or community educator for E2S, it's all about Indigenous culture. Like, all of it. That's my life. That's that's who I, it's helped me find my purpose. My purpose and, and my path in life, honestly. Yeah, we, we've talked before and you are the informal uh 2s educator when it comes to our pride corner on white again i mentioned pride corner on white on these podcasts often especially lately because i'm so proud of everyone who's involved every friday we meet to protest against the street preachers but it's a gathering place for everyone including yes. and especially our youth and I'm very proud of you. And you don't need me to tell you this. And But there's been moments over the past year where I just watch you. And I watch you because just by you being yourself and representing who you are, youth are watching. And 
I know Dakota watches this podcast and mm -hmm. Dakota is one of our two spirit youth unhoused at one point. She's just entering her journey, learning about herself and within the 2S community, the rainbow community, her culture, mm -hmm. and she just watches you. And there was a moment earlier this year when you were, uh, you were representing your culture in dress and you showed everyone a dance. Dakota and others were just watching you. And ever since then, when you are not there, Dakota represents the dance. And every time she comes to me and says, can we play this song? And she dances the dance that you taught. And she doesn't need people watching. She does it for herself. And there's this beautiful halo around her when she does that. When I tell you things like this, what goes through your mind? <sighs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it myself before too. Um, my mind kind of goes, we're taught about humility a lot in our culture. Mm -hmm. That's very important. I'd say that's like one of the number one teachings. Like you don't brag about yourself. You don't like, and that's where my brain goes, just goes like, that is a really beautiful thing. And I don't want to take any credit. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I was thinking as you were saying that, I wonder if Dakota would have got any of this if I, if I didn't show up, if I didn't, you know, overcome, cause I, I deal with, you know, I deal with mental illness. I've got borderline personality disorder and I got some pretty serious depression that can keep me from coming to the corner um, a lot of weeks. So if I didn't get the courage and the motivation to come out, um, I don't think Dakota would have got, would have no. learned. And the dance that I showed was actually women's traditional. Um, it is gendered, unfortunately. Powwow dance is currently still gendered. There are two spirit powwows and gatherings, which just say traditional fringe dress, which is great. It doesn't have a gendered connotation to it, but it would be the, yeah, we'll just say that then. We'll say traditional fringe dress um, was the style that I was showing Dakota. I can dance jingle and I can teach a couple of steps for fancy. I'm not much of a fancy dancer, I'll be honest. I have a beautiful shawl that I just, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. So um, I look at Dakota and I know on social media that you're attached with them as well. And there's been videos where Dakota just dances and it's the dance. And I just go back to that moment where I saw that click where they needed that and they needed you in that moment. And uh, yes, humility is fantastic. And I hope that I show humility as well with my interactions. But Sissy, they would never have been on this journey that they're on of healing if they had not had you there that evening. And uh, that's important. In talking with you or as well as online, You've been very open about yourselves in so many different ways. It has to be difficult to be so open as you're learning as well. What are you doing to make sure that here's the learning, here's myself, and there's a buffer between the two, even though I'm experiencing everything at the same moment? There's no you buffer, Doug. 
there's no buffer. (laughs) That's, that's the tea in our community, because like I said, as we talked about, there's so many people who have been away from the teachings who have been, who are learning as adults. There's so many of us, but people ask me to come into places and speak. And they ask me for things because like, sure, there are people that can look at me and go, like, oh, they are learning, they are new, blah, blah, blah. But the, that's a very small amount. The majority of everybody else goes, this is somebody with, it's because I have an open heart. It's because I'm really open with my language and open with myself that I am approached and I am asked. I've, I, I've people, had people straight up telling me, tell me that. Um, Tam Anderson from Prairie Gardens. It's a farm in Bonacord, I believe. It's not too far out of the city. It's beautiful. Um, I shared, I came to a session once, was asked to share something in a circle and Tam asked me to come back. And now we have a partnership because my business, Wahasi Saba experiences, we have a partnership because of my, she called it candor because of my candor, candor, sorry, honesty, humility, and all those things. And that's why I'm asked to, to speak at places, um, and I've had like people from my community be like, you shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, like our elders, there aren't as many as people think that are well and here and able and can travel around and like have that capacity and energy. Like the elders that are out there are spread so thin. They're spread so, so, so thin. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm an elder. Definitely not. But I'm just somebody that people like to ask questions and people like to talk to and, and ask me to share what I know. And I'm glad to do it. Here are, we have on our screen, uh, the website that Sissy just mentioned. Uh, this is where you can contact her, uh, contact them about uh, the services that you offer uh, as well mm-hmm. with the experiences. I'm going to just spell it out for everybody right now who is listening. W A S E S a-B-A experiences.ca wherever this podcast is listed we will also have the link to this website when people go to this website sissy what will they find well they're going to find my indigenous tourism website which lists all the sessions that i offer um so some of them do lean a little bit into the arts. Like I do have a spoken word. There's so they're mainly workshops um, and I guess services. And one of them is a spoken word, uh, which I hope leans into, which I always intend that it leads into writing your own land acknowledgement. It's called sacred speech. It's centered around the seven grandfather teachings or seven sacred teachings. They have different names. Um, and they're going to see a video of me dancing jingle. That's my background on my home screen is me dancing jingle at Edmonton City Hall for International Daughter Day 2017 or 18, I believe, in the very first jingle dress I ever got. Um, they're going to see my bio right up there on, on the first page. And then I've got featured experiences, which my Power 101 is my featured experience where I've really dedicated a lot of time, energy, and effort to learning about all of the power styles, the stories of origin, the ethics, the protocol, and then the steps and the regalia, that's kind of secondary. So for me, I'm really passionate about let's learn the origin and intent of powwow and about the prayer and dancing for people who can't and all the other beauty that goes into it, beauty and pride and cultural resilience. And that's kind of what I'm all about. So 
they're going to see my POW 101 experience. I like to break it down into two, especially for non-Indigenous folks. Um, but the first one is 101, which is the ethics, the protocol, the stories. And then 102 is more about the regalia and, and the footwork. So they, they'll find a link to Airbnb for my feature experience. I have to get some dates up there. Winter is hard. COVID is hard. But there's a bunch of things on there. Yeah, crafting. Um, there's a date night experience I'm working on with Prairie Gardens to have people come out and have, have a meal. And then they get to experience a little bit of dancing and some partner dancing, maybe make a craft together. Like there's there's all sorts of things that I'm that I'm doing with my business myself getting to know you this past year you are a remarkable person uh in addition to sissy we also have the fantastic people with the edmonton to spirit society e2s.ca sissy you are part of this as well as an educator well i've actually been part of e2s since oh i don't even know the year now i sustained a brain injury in 2018 so my dates are all mixed up but we'll say I think around the year 2017-ish, I was actually, I started as a member of the board. So E2S is a charitable organization, is nonprofit. Um, so I started as a member of the board and that's not something I, I love doing. I don't love being an admin. I don't love doing things that are in a heavy colonized structure, but I started as a member of the board. Boyd Whiskey Jack invited me and went, we need more feminine presence there. Um, things in our community typically are run and overrepresented by males or mask people. So I was on the member of the board um, and then I ended up, you know, doing as a member of the board, volunteer education sessions in community, you know, Boyd and myself went out to uh, Saddle Lake. We went out to uh, Saddle Lake Cree Nation, went to schools, went to the Bennett Center, a bunch of different places. And then I became, uh, I started performing. So I am a dancer, as I mentioned, a powwow dancer. And so I started dancing um, with them as one of their people on their dancer list. I, I went to Alberta legislature with E2S, which was really cool. So that started to become um, leading up to my, I took a part-time contract as the COVID response coordinator. That was earlier this year or earlier last year. I think it was earlier this year in 2021, I had a like three month contract um, to come up with some programming and a grant COVID response plan for our community. So, so yeah, we went from board member to volunteer and performer and then part-time contractor. And I'm still, and now I have like a, a semi-permanent, uh, as much as it can be a nonprofit to be the part-time community educator for Edmonton Two Spirit Society. So I moved from volunteer to staff, essentially, is what happened. <laughs> Uh, I love getting to know uh, the people uh, with Edmonton Two Spirit Society, and you mentioned Boyd and uh, Jeff, who's there, and they will be future guests of Tales of the LGBTQ Plus in the future. Schedules are able to mesh. We're recognizing more and more Two S Two Spirit, mm -hmm. and we do have this alphabet soup of our rainbow community. Uh -huh. We've had two S LGBTQ plus. I've heard mm -hmm. LGBTQ two S. Where do you stand when it comes to the inclusion of two S in our rainbow community? And especially that alphabet soup of an acronym. Yes. I was actually gonna mention this to you, Doug, because I noticed that 
to us isn't included in your title of this um, acronym. And I understand, you know, you make a name, you put the podcast, it's established, it's difficult to change. But I just wanted to invite you, like where I stand is 2S should be first because we are the first peoples. Two-spirited peoples are um, typically kind of how I educate about it is that we're First Nation, Métis, Inuit, or Indigenous to Turtle Island, which is, um, you know, North, Central, South America, Indigenous to Turtle Island. Um, we are a member of the rainbow family or the rainbow community, as you as you put it, and that we are building an understanding and knowledge of cultural roles, because there are all cultural roles and responsibilities that go with being a two-spirit person. So that's kind of the three categories, if I have to put it in like that, to teach people what two-spirit means. So in being indigenous to Turtle Island, that means that we're the first peoples, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're doing things, we do a land acknowledgement first, because we're acknowledging like, you know, settlers are now here it is now colonized but it wasn't always and there's people who um you know took care of the land so that we could have it today and we do that at the beginning of things so i feel 2s should be at the front and 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 people can be like well then a should be in there and like i should be in there but but two spirit is i think it stands on its own separately because again you know it acknowledges the indigenous peoples within our rainbow family so i think it should be to us, LGBTQ+, personally. Well, there's a reason why I've been smiling during this entire time here. If you've been on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, this is a an announcement. When it comes to podcasts, uh, we do things on seasons. So this is season one of this podcast. And so I'm really thrilled sissy with what you mentioned because i completely agree with you and so this is the official announcement that as we finish 2021 as we finish the remaining remaining four or five episodes that will finish the first season of this podcast and with the very first episode in 2022 this podcast is officially being renamed Tales of the 2S LGBTQ+. <gasps> Yay! That's another round of applause. It's a round of applause. Woohoo! Yeah. So I, I wanted to wait um, for you to come on before I can announce that. Uh, and Ooh. I agree completely with you. 2S absolutely should come first. And that's the way it should always be and will always be um, moving forward with myself as well. So yes, with the first episode of 2022, this podcast is renamed Tales of the 2S LGBTQ+, and that's the way it is. Some people may disagree, but fuck them. That's the way we are going with everything. You made my auntie laugh come out, Doug. Dang it. <laughs> you made me auntie laugh. Perfect. Well, speaking of auntie laugh, um, we've had a guest throughout this in many ways. This would be my bottom right-hand corner. This would be to your left-hand side. <laughs> but there's this open mouth being beside us. Ooh. Tell us oh, a I'll little bit about who this is that we have here on our screen now. This is Auntie Leela Longback. 
So Auntie Leela, if anybody's familiar, I'm still trying to work this camera angle. It is tough on a backwards reverse camera. All right. So if anybody's ever heard of Emery Burningrass, so Emery Burningrass is a, she came out before I learned about him, but he is a puppet that has been popular on social media. Uh, his owner creator is from, I believe, somewhere here in Alberta, a nation here in Alberta, and he's one of these puppets. He's one of these puppets. And um, I came up with this idea because this is Auntie Leela Longback and she talks like this. She's got a bit of a res accent. Um, she is Stone E Rivers drag auntie. So Stone E Rivers is my drag king character. And he's Stone E because I'm Stony. He, he, play on words. And Rivers because I love Rivers. And I just thought it was a fierce name. Um, and LaDonna Cree helped me choose that name. Um, so this is Stony Rivers is essentially trying to be like this, this, oh, I don't know what's going on with the mouth here. It's trying to be this like 20 something uh, fuck boy, like round dance champ singer or thinks he's a champ singer, but he's not like, that's who he's trying to, that's who that character is. And this, I created her to roast him. So like, I have this whole, I created it for Toronto, Toronto pride or two spirits of the first nations or what is what the two spirit society is called in Toronto. So my sibling, um, Kai Potts, uh, Kyron Potts works there and contracted Stony to do this like 20, 30 minute um, comedy piece. And I was like, mm, Stony can't do it alone. So I made Leela. This is actually my ex and his cousin. Um, they run engine comedy or engine tales i-n-j-u-n i believe it's engine comedy on facebook and they had this puppet originally as leland so it was a male and you know when you buy the puppet in its original form is male presenting right and so i went i got an idea i just have these creative bombs land in my brain and i go i need to create a drag auntie can i borrow your puppet and i dragged leland out and in the video I made for Two Spirits of the First Nations, um, we, we included pictures of what Leland looked like before and now what Auntie Leela looks like after. So she's got these like long, I mean, they are bigger than 3.1s. Like they are huge uh, feather blue eyelashes. I gave her earrings. One of them has fallen into her high dress and we're not talking about it, we're just leaving it. She looks classy and fancy with her one earring hanging out of her braid. She does actually have a smoke tucked up under one of these ears. Oh yeah, there's her smoke. She's got a smoke, she's got feather earrings, and she's all about that res humor. She's all about that native humor. That's what we use to get through a lot of our, you know, pain, trauma, and experiences. This is her high dress, really fancy, uh, hot glued right on there. And I've got rhinestones as your belt because we take our beadwork and our beaded earrings very seriously very in our community. She's so living this her is, best life. This is Auntie Leela, and she's got a long back. I don't know if you know, but essentially she's got she's got no butt. What? <laughs> she's got no butt. That's the joke in the indigenous community in Indian country is long back, no butt. You go straight from back to legs, no butt. No buts about it. So where is, uh, where is, as I'm like, where is Leela 
going? Where will she be seen next? Do you know That's yet? No. So I do everything. I'm impulsive and in the moment and, and things are rarely ever planned with me. And that's where all my beautiful work comes from. Is like, I feel something, I do it. And like the best stuff comes like that, especially since getting my brain injury and now being diagnosed with ADHD. That's just how it works. So her, I don't, I don't, people liked her. People thought she was funny and Kyron was encouraging me, you know, make a TikTok, have her do little skits. Personally, I can barely keep up with Instagram and Facebook. I'm pretty bad at social media. Um, but that's an idea that Kyron, Kyron's like, I would promote you like, and, and Kyron's a top indigenous influencer has been for a while. Um, oh, Kyron, O-H-K-A-I-R-Y-N is his um, handle. But yeah, he was encouraging me to do that. I don't know. I just, with my three jobs that I have, like I don't really have the, I don't really have the energy, honestly, but hopefully maybe one day she'll get up on social media and maybe she'll do a collab with Emery Burningrass because she's got a big crush on him. Don't you? <laughs> no. No, I don't. You can definitely uh, send this uh, and to show the crush uh, and uh, at least get that going in many ways. Yeah. Hey, Sissy, you know, as we come to the end of our conversation, of one of many that we're going to have over the years, of course, uh, in this digital world, we've talked about your background being two-spirit. We've talked about you as a young adult learning about your culture and not having that background when you were growing up and yourself being so transparent and transparent with everything. And we don't have enough time to talk about everything. And that's why you're going to have to come back. And it's yeah. an open offer at all times. Oh yeah. When it comes to you, where do you go from here? Where are you going with your life? Again, like I live so also because I have anxiety as well. I try very much. I'm trying to learn mindfulness. So being in the moment mm -hmm. and I kind of I have some vague, large goals. Like I really want to be able to I want to dance overseas. Like I'll tell you right now, I am not a champion dancer. I don't dance powwow for the sport, for the athleticism, for the competition of who looks the prettiest. That's not why I'm doing it. And so like, um, you know, that's a way that people do that is they hit the trail and, and it's not overseas though our powwow trail it's it's just north america um but i want to bring some of my experiences or, or and or my dancing overseas i want to do that i would love to do um i did a cultural exchange before i was a dancer like years before i was a dancer I did one in Nicaragua and um, I'd love to do something like that again, you know, bringing culture and doing an exchange during a performance. I, I just, I want to travel. I want to travel and perform. I want to be, honestly, one of my goals is to be a full-time, is to be a full-time performing artist. And I have never said that out loud because I, I'm scared, <laughs> but I, I want to be a full-time performing artist and, you know, to pay bills, I've had to take on, you know, I have to have part-time jobs and I have to have, hands and many baskets to make sure bills get paid like anybody, right? It's pretty normal. Um, but yeah, I want to travel. I'm going to make this a, a full-time thing. Um, and I know got to get on that TikTok, got to get on all this stuff, but I just want to, I want to do it my own way. I don't like doing things the way people tell me they should be done. Like 
Exactly. And by naming it and by saying it out loud, you're now putting the onus to make that realized. And that's important. You named this episode in a conversation with us and it's two-spirit realness. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, it's actually, it came from that, that um, gig I got with the two spirits of the First Nations in Toronto. They wanted a video and they wanted it to be long and I needed to name it something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a femme sissy. So the pictures that you put up with this, um, there's going to be one when I'm modeling and I've got makeup on. And I've got my braids and my otter furs and I'm looking super feminine. And then there's Stone E, who's really helped me come into like my masculine identity and has really, really helped me feel comfortable with identifying as a two-spirit um, and being someone who walks in both those worlds and sits in the in-between place. He's really helped. This is one of his shirts, actually, that I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a, a ribbon shirt that's got a rainbow going down the side of it. I also got a cook'em scarf on and earrings and my pansexual bear paw medallion that my friend made me representing but two spirit realness i don't know that just like rupaul's drag race like the realness like i just i just love that um i love that drag is exaggerated and i i, I like being you know i like being in the spotlight so i was like two spirit realness like that's what i'm coming into and that's what i call this whole production of like Anthony Lee long back and stony rivers and i actually am developing a burlesque character um, Sue, you know, S-I-O-U-X, mm-hmm. C, so like sissy, but it's Susie, <laughs> Rivers. So we, we've got the hyper-feminine and then we got the hyper-masculine and, and it's just very realness. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. And the realness goes with it because you are unapologetically you. And that's what yeah. I love about you because you are who you are and you own it. I you may not remember this moment but there's you taught me something uh, oh no earlier this year. And, oh no <laughs> and it was funny because my role down at pride corner is a dad or an uncle because i'd rather be an uncle because i get called daddy in the bear cub community and to get called dad or daddy down with the kids it's like no no don't yeah, do yeah, that yeah. well uncle yes. uncle yes. is good Dakota but, called me, sorry to interrupt you, but Dakota called me, made this like Facebook posting of like listing all the adults as the order in the family and listed me as a sibling. And I laughed so hard. I'm like, excuse me, child. I'm an auntie. I'm not a sister, brother, sibling to the youth. I am an auntie. So auntie. Uncle Doug, Auntie Uncle Sissy. Yes. That works. There's the moment because down there I play the music, but people ask me questions all the time and you couldn't go into that half listening, half not uh, just simply because there's so many things coming at a person. And yeah. there was that one moment about five months ago where I somewhat heard you mention about Sage and uh, the burning of. And so in my half listening, cause I've got all these things going along. There was that moment where I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you have permission to do so. And you very quickly said, that wasn't a question. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> and there's that moment of me going, yes, of course, you don't need my permission, but I also have to listen more and not just be yes, no, yes, no, and be in the moment. And so I hope, you now know that since then, 
when you talk, I am listening at all times simply because they're one must. So little things <laughs> like that are important. You made me anti laugh again, Doug. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. But it's true. It's so true. And Last I have to tell you, okay. I have to tell you, Doug, I have a nickname from the adults. So there's Pride Corner adults. And my nickname is Blunt Auntie because because of my ADHD and my brain injury, often that filter is like not there. It's just like, I wasn't asking a question. Snap, snap, snap. And I'm like a sassy person to begin with. So yeah. those things just come out. Most people think it's really funny. Um, calling people out, great. calling people in all the time. So they call me Blunt Auntie. Reed Larson, who made the Pride Corner sign, who, you know, we built a friendship. Um, we're hoping to do a t-shirt, a Blunt Auntie t-shirt. So hopefully that happens. Fingers crossed. Putting it into the universe. But I remember that. I kind of remember that moment. And so, yeah, at Pride Corner, I've, like you said, the informal two-spirit presence like I've brought smudge, I've done performances in regalia, I've mm -hmm. taught youth how to dance, like, and then Claire will just, because Claire is, you know, constantly triaging and passing people, <laughs> people and running around like a chicken with their head cut yeah. off. But if they meet anybody who's like two-spirit or indigenous in their introduction to Claire, Claire will just immediately like grab that person and tow them over to me and be like, sissy, this is such and such from such and such who identifies as you know, whatever is under the umbrella of what I identify as, which, which, which is cool. So yeah, yep, I remember that moment. You are, um, the organizers get a lot of credit, but our informal adults and our kids need uh, recognition. And so Sissy, uh, your efforts and your help in building our community down there is vital. And um, you know, you've got my heart. I've been spending from I've been smitten from the first word, and I should mention Reed here as well. Uh, Reed hasn't been mentioned uh, often enough, and uh, Reed Larson and his girlfriend Shayla have been down there almost every week as our official photographers, and just calmness, and they're important as well. So that acknowledgement is good. Sissy, I'm cognizant of our time together. Yeah. Uh, last question. Yep. If you had the opportunity to talk to the 15-year-old self, what would you say to her, to them? No. Uh, Doug, you're doing a RuPaul moment on me. I was not expecting this. 15-year-old? Uh, okay. Um, well, Sissy, if you've watched all the episodes, I always end this way anyways. The tea, the tea. I'm busy, girl. I got three jobs and mental illness. It's hard. Um, <laughs> so 15 was an interesting. Oh, you brought me back to some. Oof. I didn't develop uh, my feminine femininity. So my my shapes and my inner workings, if you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. attached to the moon. Um, that didn't happen until the summer that I was 15. So I was very, I was very. Um, shaped like a, a rectangle and then a board from the side. I had no shape. I had no, I was made fun of a lot um, for not being feminine enough. And then all of a sudden that summer of turning 15, I exploded and then I gained, oh my gosh, I gained like 50 pounds. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was a time of body image and dysphoria and it was really, really hard. So that's just what I think of. And kind of what I think I would say is, um, 
the people are always going to want to define you and tell you you're too much or you're not enough and they're never going to be happy that was the turning point right at this time big changes are coming and they're happening right now and it's scary um it doesn't have to be like it's a time to to lean into it as much as you can because in the future these are going to be things that are going to kind of help you with your your complex multifaceted um intersectional identity it's you know it's it's okay it's okay to be really really small and slim and it's okay to to be the exact opposite to be shapely and to have gained weight and to present as masculine to present as feminine you know there's going to be a time in the future where you're able to embrace both celebrate both um perform as both and build and kind of build a career and a, and a life around being intersectional mixed identities especially and and something that's really cool that i can tell you young sissy is that there's something that you don't know about now that's coming and it's your indigenous culture heritage teachings and you're going to learn about that um in four years from now and it's going to change your life um it's going to change your life and open up doors and windows in your spirit and show you cool things that you can't even imagine that way outside of this little world that you're living in right now surrounded by alcoholism and you know borderline poverty and bullying and all these feelings you're going through so it's going to get better there's something really cool magical magical and special coming so i love you sissy you're doing well <laughs> you're doing quite well thanks Doug. <laughs> of course please subscribe please leave comments ratings that helps our stories be heard on behalf of sissy my name's douglas parsons Again, you've been listening to Tales of the LGBTQ+, soon to be rebranded Tales of the 2S LGBTQ+, reminding you all to be good and always text when you get home. Until next oh. time, everybody. Bye, dog. Ishnish. Thank you, and Stony.